0: In this episode of The Interface, I chat with John Prouty, Business development director for the Amphenol Commercial Air Group. John is based out of Phoenix, Arizona, and has been with Amphenol since 2014. We talk about how his curious, inquisitive mind and his mechanical engineering interests formed at a young age when he began tinkering with cars in high school. We talk about his appreciation for the history of aviation and how being a part of it now is the coolest job in the world. We talk about the joys of crawling around in an aircraft under development to see how he can help with the next great connector design, and we talk about the future of air transport and the challenges that it will bring. This is the interface. Are you ready?
1: Huh. Born ready, I guess, or as ready as I'm ever going to be.
0: <laughs> no, that's okay. So you come. You have a. You have a mechanical engineering background. Was that something that you were just into as a kid growing up in Arizona?
1: Yeah, it was one of those things where um, I like to take things apart and fix it if I can, or at least see how things work. So I was always taking things apart and breaking stuff. And uh, if I couldn't fix it, I'd try to hide it from my folks.
0: Yeah, I was was good at that too. Yeah, I was good at breaking (laughs) things, but not fixing them.
1: You know, it was one of those things too, as a kid, it was... um, Anytime a new piece of technology or anything would come to the house, my parents would drop it off and then they would leave so I could put it together. Oh, um, and then when they get back, they'd say, how does it work? We'd explain it to them. And never really worked too well to explain it over and over again. So
0: so did you get like the uh, the flashing 12 and the VCR fix? So it actually said the time, like those types of things.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm, I remember the days when we'd pick up a VCR from uh, Circle K and they bring it home in uh in a case, hook it up to the TV, rent your movie for one night, and then bring the whole kit and caboodle back to Circle K the next day. And it was uh
0: wait, Circle K like the convenience store? Circle exactly. K? Exactly. Holy yeah, they cow.
1: Used to, they used to rent VCRs and the movies. So they'd have a small selection, it'd be like two shelves of blockbuster size, and then um yeah, you'd actually rent your VCR from them. It was crazy.
0: That's that's a new one. i never heard of that. I've never heard of that before.
1: Yeah, I'm dating myself.
0: Well, that's really. okay. You and I are, are, are roughly the same age. But uh, I I understand the the passion to tinker, the passion to um, get in and get your hands dirty and figure out how things work. And then you figured that out, like as you went to college or you're in high school, you're still into that stuff. So how how did that progress?
1: Yeah, you know, it started early. I I bought my first car when I was 15 i wanted to fix something up and uh have a you know a vehicle that i could be proud of when i was 16 and able to drive legally mm-hmm. um, and uh so i bought <laughs> stupid but i got a 1978 chevy monza uh two door hatchback this ugly ugly army green color that had faded out so bad but it was my pride and joy man i took that thing and um Rebuilt not only the uh, the engine and the uh, the drivetrain, but the interior. Took everything out of the interior. Redid all the interior. Um, that car had, it was funny, it had a Mustang two front end on mm-hmm. it. So the steering was just amazing on that car. But I would take it in our small neighborhood and I would drive it up and down. We lived in a, uh, a residential area where we lived on the end of a cul-de-sac. Mm-hmm. So there was a short street and a cul-de-sac. And I must have driven that car at the age of 15 up and down that small street and cul de sac a thousand times. The neighbors probably thought I was absolutely crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, it started from there and then just kind of grew. I mean, uh, I was uh, an auto mechanic in high school and uh, put myself through uh, all sorts of craziness uh, job wise to develop a passion for anything electrical or mechanical.
0: So you, you started doing this when you were 15 with cars. Like, how did you learn it? Did you learn it in high school like you were talking about or um, from someone else, like in your family or neighbor or friend or buddy or something like that? How did you learn how to fix the cars?
1: So my father was a structural engineer and designer and had a, a workshop, more wood-based than yeah. anything. So he had a... Um, he kind of had that building mentality where I was rebuilding or remodeling the house, um, doing different projects around. And the car thing was just a little bit more my area, and, uh, something I was a little more interested in. So a lot of research, books, um, Chilton's manuals. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, these are all pre-YouTube days. Now sure. everything's easy to find and you can learn all stuff online better than you can even in school. So. Um, it was just really, let's take it apart and figure it out how it works, try to fix it.
0: But you've maintained, you know, cause you and I have talked about this a little bit before you've maintained that inquisitive, curious mind up until now too. You still like to tinker and toy with things and see how they work, right?
1: Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. So, you know, I have a, an old 1988, 1998 Jeep Grand Cherokee. First thing I did is I was looking for an old vehicle that I could rebuild and put, bigger tires and wheels on and put a lift on it. So I bought this old, uh, ugly, ugly white grand Cherokee. That was just beat. And it was a mom car and it had this old, like had the nineties gold trim on it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So the wheels were gold. It had the gold pinstriping on it. And, you know, I turned it into a, uh, put a four inch lift on it, put big wheels and tires on it and had everything ordered before, you know, the Car was even really taken apart, it was just a kind of a passion project. So now it sits on the side of the house because I don't have room in my driveway now that my son is driving. Yeah, so it sits on the side of the house, and uh, I'm sure the neighbors just love seeing that thing sitting up over the fence line.
0: Um, but as far as work then was concerned, as far as then you know, kind of transitioning to how Mm -hmm. you got to this point now, as a a business development director for the commercial aerospace uh, businesses in Amphenol. You still can utilize, and I think it works very well for you and in this position, that inquisitive, curious mind as far as getting to see what uh, aerospace manufacturers and whatever system of an aircraft are designing. Uh, I, I'd imagine that curiosity lends itself well to to your job.
1: It really does. I mean, I'm kind of a research nut as it is. Um, one of the things I like to do is acquire knowledge or sometimes you know uh if i'm into a, a new hobby which uh, uh my boss makes fun of me a lot because he's always like what hobby are you into now I'm like, well, <laughs> right now i'm into this one um and uh finding out you know what's the best way to do something or uh, what's the best tools or what's the best process or what have other people done um kind of just is all natural to me and, and i love it with the aerospace side because you know digging into what the market is doing uh Um, what innovations are coming out from others and making sure that we're set up for success, that Mm -hmm. we have everything ready at the right time. Uh, It all just kind of ties together in, in business and personal. It's just, it's hard to differentiate the two at times.
0: Yeah, That's a good thing. I mean, that's really good. I mean, that's that's what people strive for in their job is to get something that they love to do. And I can imagine, you know, knowing what you do and, and, and literally having the ability to, whether it be at an aircraft manufacturer themselves, one of the large ones, or even, you know, systems uh, manufacturers, to be able to crawl around the equipment, see what problems they have, roll up your sleeves, look around, make some notes on some stuff, and then come back here To the engineering departments at the various divisions in the military and aerospace group and say hey this is what i think we need to do i mean that's got to be extremely satisfying for you to be directly involved with all that
1: it's the coolest job in the world it really is i mean when you're able to go into a customer like a boeing and actually walk onto a a production aircraft you know on the line and Mm -hmm. crawl around and and poke and prod and ask questions and see what problems that they have um, see where a problem a solution is needed and say they actually see it mm-hmm. uh, there's no there's nothing like that in the world i mean it's it is really unique it's really cool um it's just so much fun it really is but you're involved but being able to translate that though too to oh sure bring it to others is it's very important i mean as much as it is nice and cool to see but actually, being able to translate that into a set of requirements uh, or a statement of work that our people can work on it's, uh, that's the that's the big that's the big challenge.
0: So having that inquisitive mind that we were talking about is certainly helpful in this role. How much does your education, you know, your degree in mechanical engineering from University of Arizona, how much does that help with this as well, or is it more the the, the curious mind that helps you in this role?
1: You know, it's almost one of those things where the engineering degree helped me learn how to learn. Gotcha. Uh, and and take all these different inputs and actually come out with something at the end of the at the end of the day. Um, understanding, you know, stresses and materials and different properties of uh, how things work. It's all part of the process of learning and education. But you know, applying that and and real-world experience, you know, they're both valuable. But I think learning how to learn, it's uh, something that school taught me very well.
0: And and then you got involved shortly after you got out and started working had a couple different jobs, but you got involved in the connector industry, working for another connector company. What was it about Connect? Was it simply because it was a job available, or was there something about the connector industry that intrigued you uh, with regards to either military and aerospace, or just, just for your own personal curiosity?
1: I would say the first uh, job I had out of college was working for a a company doing automated test equipment for uh, aerospace components out of Honeywell uh, out in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And I got to see and and see what needed to be done from an overall perspective when it came to testing these parts. And then once I left there, this opportunity had another connector manufacturer opened up, and uh, it was as a field application engineer. And it was just a natural progression from working in this Honeywell environment to a component environment, mm-hmm. still staying within the aerospace side. Air, airplanes and anything aerospace has always been, you know, something that's been really kind of a an interest to me. Uh, the Wright brothers and the first aircraft to flying remote control planes and helicopters and drones uh, as you know as i grew older it's all just kind of interrelated and uh, i think it it was just a a perfect fit at the perfect time and i really got lucky actually you know uh, once you get into this connector industry uh, the saying is you never get out and uh, so i'm really lucky that once i got in i found something that i really liked and enjoyed so it was a benefit of everything.
0: And what were some of the types of connectors that you were working with at the time?
1: So at this other connector manufacturer, I worked with uh, multi-pin connectors, um, mainly rectangular, uh, rack and panel uh, disconnect product, mm-hmm. and then moved into products of uh, fiber optics and RF uh, antennas, all focused in both the aerospace and uh, military markets, but you know, the aerospace side is more of a draw for me. Um, So that was my more fun area.
0: And how much did you have to learn as far as what connectors were all about? And I know it sounds kind of, it kind of sounds like a weird question, but I mean, it's, it's an industry unto itself. Um, It's a component. It's usually looked at as a component by the, the industry at large, but it really is, you know, this crazy sub industry, so to speak. How much did you know about it when you first started um, down this path? And then how much did you have to learn in order to go, oh, wow, there's a there's a lot to this?
1: So, connectors are very niche. Um, it's not something that you have to learn in school. Or you're not going to have a class on you know, aerospace connectors 101 mm-hmm. um, in college. It's really an on the job type of thing. Um, at my first job working in that test environment, We actually saw how connectors failed, and that was actually one of the areas of um, focus for us was how do we prevent these connectors from failing so that the back planes can be tested and these LRMs could be, you know, validated, and it wasn't a fault of something happening due to a connector. Mm -hmm. So um, it was just kind of a natural thing of, okay, here's where I started. And then on the job training, it was a baptism by fire, you know, feed by the get fed by the fire hose of here's everything you're going to need to know about connectors (laughs) in two weeks. Yeah. And then go, you know, and uh, you're on your own and rock and roll, sink or swim. So um, it just takes time over time. uh, You learn a little bit more. And, you know, I've been doing this for many, many years and I learn stuff every day. There's more about interconnect that I'll, I'll never know it all. Um, I just know a little bit about a lot of different areas. Mm -hmm. It makes me, uh, uh, fairly decent in what I do, but, uh, it's not something that I have a master of one particular area. It's just a little bit of knowledge makes, uh, makes you dangerous at times too.
0: You, you mentioned earlier the, in essence, a brief history of, of aviation, Wright Brothers and remote control aircraft and all that stuff. What is it about, just the aviation industry or aerospace industry, aerospace manufacturing that you like the most?
1: You know, it's relatable. It's something that, you know, when we compare, say to a military side, you know, Raytown's never going to let me fire a missile, but I'm able to go on a Boeing 787 and fly from, you know, LAX to Shanghai.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, You know, we've all had this opportunity to, or at least most people have had an opportunity to be on an aircraft and, Uh, fly from one place to another and it's really opened up the world um, and made the world smaller. Uh, You can do things that today that you could never do before. I mean, even going across the country or from one state to another, it's so much easier to jump on a plane, fly over there for three hours or, you know, six hours and and versus two weeks trying to get over there. uh, It's just opened up everything to the world and, it's just so fascinating to me. I love it.
0: And what we do enables that. And that's, I I see what you're saying. You can see a direct link to the work that you put in to try to get new designs and and work with new customers on on aircrafts. You can actually get to sample the the fruits of your labor, so to
1: speak. Exactly. I mean, it's, uh, you know, every time I jump on an airplane and they have an in-flight entertainment unit set up in the seat back in front of me, or I'm able to plug in my phone into a power jack. You know, these are all things that we as an industry and the connector side have, have been directly involved with our, our customers and developing these solutions to meet these needs. It's it's truly awesome.
0: So describe for people who may not know, if you could. I'll uh, mm-hmm. throw you off here for a little bit. But for describe for people how much how many connectors and how much cable is actually on an aircraft, just in broad terms? Just say so a standard 737 or A320. Yeah.
1: So, you've got miles and miles of different types of cables from power feeders to data lines, fiber optic interconnect, um, signal lines. There's miles and miles of cable and thousands of connectors mm-hmm. on an aircraft. You're hooking up different systems all throughout the aircraft from sensors and Uh, power units to avionics equipment that may be centralized in a, in an avionics bay, for instance, all these things are going to actuators and displays and controls all throughout the aircraft. And um, it's without having the, the the interiors installed, you just see all these cables just filling an aircraft. It's the, the fuselage is completely packed full Mm -hmm. of wire and cable uh, and connectors.
0: Yeah, it's pretty amazing when you, because I've had the the fortune of seeing that as well at different aircraft manufacturers, and you go on to a plane that doesn't have the the internal skin on yet or the walls yet, and you're like, holy cow, it's just, it, it, it's almost like they couldn't fit much more in there. It's yeah. it's pretty mind boggling, and then they cover it up, and you have no idea that all that stuff is running just underneath that that bulkhead on the aircraft. It's it's pretty incredible. Yeah,
1: yeah. or right under the floor, you know, and it's like right it's completely packed it's uh it's really cool to actually see what's behind the things that you're you're interacting with so kind of peeling the peeling the wallpaper off and actually seeing what's underneath it's pretty cool yeah it is
0: it is really cool and i describe that to people sometimes as that's my one go to i got to be honest when people ask me well like what do you guys do I always talk about that. Like you go on an aircraft and you, you peel the walls off, you're going to see miles of cables and all these things have to connect to something. Well, that's that's what we do. At least that's part of yes. what Amphenol does. But yeah, that's usually yeah. the easiest way I could describe it. So, that's a good one. I can explain
1: that to my wife and she'll understand a little bit more <laughs> of what I do. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you've been with Amphenol for since what, about 2012, 13, 14, something like that, right?
1: I started back uh, March of fourteen. March of fourteen. So okay, yeah. Almost six years now.
0: So almost six years. So in your time, and you've been in commercial air as a business development director that entire time. What do you yes. consider some of your really big successes that you've had uh, so far um, in your six years?
1: You know, the biggest success. It's it's really really being part of a great team. You know, we have awesome engineers. You know. Tremendous salespeople, uh, from product management, operations folks, finance people, or senior leadership. Just being part of this team is just, you know, it's so awesome. It's a, it's a really interesting dynamic. Um, everyone works so strongly together um, with all the different business units. We have you know, 115 or 150 business units.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Every one of them is unique and and has great team within it. And being able to work with these different people, it's just, it's its really been uh, mind-opening and uh, it's uh, something I'm really excited to do. Um, you know, we've had successes on with different customers, you know, working on products for the in-flight entertainment industry has been uh, something that I've been working on the last few years, um, developing new products. That's an area that I just, that's part of the job that I like the best is, you know, taking and finding a need and designing something new or something that hasn't been there before Mm -hmm. there's, you know, within the world, there's how many times can you do something actually brand new or try something, you know, that hasn't been done before. Mm -hmm. So, you know, doing new things is, is really the exciting part.
0: So talk about one of those. I know you have a couple products that you worked
1: on that you're pretty proud of. You're being shy. (laughs) Uh, Humble brag, right? No. So you know, we had one product that is a small circular connector that we worked on uh, as a collaborative collaboration with one of our sister divisions. The Bantam. In, in Zuhai, China. Yeah. yeah, it's Bantam.
0: Bantam connector, right. Yeah. Hey, the, people the need to chicken. know that in case they don't know.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, the fighting chicken. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So,
1: you know, working with uh, with that group over in China is really an industrial side of our, um, of our organization and our company. But... They were awesome. They worked and and real hard, and they actually took my crazy ideas, and they really were accommodating and, and developed developed product that was kind of the right product for the right fit at the right time, and and just kind of hit the buttons of what our customers were looking for, what they wanted, and without overspecing it. That mm-hmm. was really a, an area of uh, of need, and I think we hit the I think we hit the right target.
0: I would say so because I know it's been a success here it's 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 definitely something that we could point to at least internally here at Amphenol is saying hey that was a, a great new product that we developed over the last couple of years so and it's largely yeah. due to you it's okay
1: you could take
0: you could take some credit for this yeah, hey, Greg, it's a, a little map. bit I no, know I know I know you sound like an athlete now on TV <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah, build yeah. you up but, then
1: no it was it was funny it was during actually that development of that thing it was you know the product development time is is very short and you know customers are needing parts right away demands and you're still at the time of trying to build something so um one of the things that was going on at that time was um it was right around the time of when the star wars uh, episode seven came out Mm -hmm. that was uh the force awakens it was december of 15 right and uh we were working with the, ch- the team in China. So here at the end of our day is the beginning of their day. And I actually had tickets for an IMAX performance of that movie. And I was sitting down waiting for the, the movie to start. The lights went down and my phone rang. Was, oh no. So I looked down and it, of course it's the, the factory over in China. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I can sit here as the, uh, the previews go or I can jump up and run out and take this call. So I, I went you watch out the previews. No. Oh, I, I
0: misunderstood. Yeah. Sorry.
1: <laughs> I took the, uh, took the call out in the, in the hallway and, you know, we fixed whatever issue that they had or addressed whatever problem that, uh, they were wanting an answer for so they could work the rest of the day. And I got back, jumped, ran back into my seat just as the, uh, the scroll of the text started from the bottom of the screen. I was like, oh, perfect. I timing. made it. <laughs> it was perfect timing. If it had gone <laughs> two more minutes of that call, I think I would have felt a little bit differently, but, uh, it it was, uh, it was kind of a perfect timing, mean, you yeah. know, we, uh, that Star Wars is kind of important to me. I mean, uh, it's, when we had the, I think it was the 2016 sales meeting, that was the one where we had a session dressed in uh Jedi robes. That's and right.
0: Yeah.
1: I remember that. Yeah. It was all about that same time.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So you have that association now with, I guess, uh, the force awakens is the, uh, the, the phone call that made everything go smoothly. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That was one of the <laughs> things. Sure. Yeah. So as just a final question, then as mm-hmm. someone who is intimately familiar with, with what goes on, at least from a connector standpoint in the, in the commercial aerospace industry, just in broad terms, where do you, where do you see this, you know, commercial aerospace market just as a whole, not necessarily connectors, what do you think are going to be some of the new things, the new innovations, the new developments over the next couple of years?
1: So some of the, the exciting things in the future that we're looking forward to is going to be an option to take a vertical takeoff and landing or VTOL aircraft as part of a leg of a journey from one place to another, you know, um, within, an, within an urban environment, for instance. Now, one of the, the challenging areas that they're trying to hit is this inter-city transport where sitting in a car for two hours versus 15 minutes on a vertical takeoff uh, mm-hmm. and landing aircraft um, can be done in 15.
0: Yeah, it's pretty amazing when you think about it.
1: You know, it's going to be like the Jetsons from the yeah. 1980s of the cartoon. I mean, again, dating myself, but, you know, that was always the future, and that was what everybody was looking forward to, this flying cars and this this ability to to move from one place to another without being stuck in traffic or, um, you know, getting things from one place to another, you know, transportation of of materials, you know, you're talking Amazon and delivery by drone. And yeah. this, this is all, this is all really cool stuff, but, you know, we're going to have things flying autonomous vehicles from the, uh, the automotive world. You know, we're seeing that that progression into the aerospace side it's going to be really interesting it's
0: yeah it's 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 funny because i guess hanna-barbera predicted the future back in the 60s with the jetsons is that
1: what you're saying yeah yeah early 60s was the first time and then they brought it back (laughs) in
0: the 80s nuts oh listen john i i appreciate you taking the time to do this today and uh i wish (laughs) you the best of luck and enjoy that warm weather in phoenix
1: thank you very much i will and uh appreciate the time.
0: Sure. No problem. Thank you.